0: Extraordinary Moms podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every week I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two moms parent in the same way, and we should celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks so much for tuning in to the show today, and if you like what you hear, please share the show with a friend. Hello, everyone. This is episode number 27 of the Extraordinary Mops podcast, and I am so glad you're here today on this week of the 4th of July, if you're listening right on time. Every year, I love to celebrate a military family because it is something near and dear to my heart. My husband has served in the military, and it has been such a privilege to have a front row seat to this amazing community of military families. My guest today is Aaron Lowe. Erin is not only an extraordinary mom, but also a spouse to a military dentist. She has lived abroad, and she had done this full military thing with gusto. (laughs) She's moved around the world, and so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what she's learned in terms of helping kids to transition well, even when it's hard, and she's just awesome. She's super awesome, and you're going to love getting to know her better today. I did want to give a little disclaimer that I was on vacation when I recorded this, and I forgot my microphone, and so the sound will sound a little different. It's still clear, just not quite as crisp as it usually sounds on other shows, so let's get to my conversation with Erin. All right, I'm so excited to be chatting with Erin Lowe today. Hi, Erin. Hi. We live about a half hour, 45 minutes apart. That's so exciting. I know. And we have a lot of similar age kids, so we will have to get together in person, but I am just talking to you for the very first time. Um, I forget who it was that referred you to me, but you are our military episode. You are a military spouse, right?
1: Yes, I am. Five years now.
0: Amazing. That's awesome. We were in the Navy for four years. Um, My husband was a JAG in the Navy and... I don't know about you, but I never dreamed of being a military family. Was this ever in your scope of what you thought was going to happen with your life?
1: I think my husband, right when he was getting ready to start dental school, I think that's when he really started to think about it because they pay for your school and then you pay four years back. And he felt like that was just a really good thing to not have all that debt accrued afterwards he had always wanted to be in the military but he just felt like with what he had wanted to do in the military he couldn't have a family so this was his opportunity to be in the military with a family um and we've
0: just loved it so much that's awesome that is a very very similar story to our family my husband for a long time, he's always felt very patriotic and felt some call to serve and right out of high school, he was even thinking of enlisting, but he had certain things that he wanted to accomplish in his life that would not be possible, like you said in the context of the military, so they recommended go you know do your stuff, go to college, come back as an officer, and then that would be the kind of the right way. but for us, they don't pay for law school unless you are like on a very specific track and you were in previously and things so There wasn't quite the same pull, but after working for a year and a half as a lawyer, a corporate attorney, he came to me and just said, A, this work is sucking my soul away. (laughs) And B, I still feel called to serve. And so he applied and got in and we started down that road. And I just never dreamed. They move us across the country and we were from San Diego And so I thought, well, maybe they'll keep us in San Diego because it's so convenient. And, you know, wouldn't the military consider like the cost of moving someone across the country? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did I learn a lot, as I'm sure you have. And uh, yeah, so he did four years, but it got him the experience to get to the job where he is now. Now he's in the reserves, but it it was a great experience for us as well. Just unexpected. But will you tell me about how many kids do you have, age range, things like that? Okay, uh, we have five kids. Um, I
1: have a boy and a girl who's seven, a boy who's six, a boy who's four, and a boy who's one.
0: Lots of boys, just like and, me. I have three boys. Yes.
1: <laughs> My daughter, our last, well, we had our last one and she found out it was a boy. She cried for at least. Three weeks, and she still cries about it.
0: <laughs> There's just something about having a sister. I have two brothers and no sisters, and I always dreamed of the you know the quintessential sister relationship. Do you have sisters?
1: I have one sister, okay, so I get it. Because yeah, I'm like I can't imagine life without a sister, but I always tell her. One day, hopefully you 'll have four sister in laws who
0: you love exactly, a lot. exactly. Tell her to hold on for that because that 's what I am now in the season of is acquiring these sister in laws that are just wonderful and feel as if they 've always been around which is which is great, yes. so there is that payout for sure. so lots and lots of boys, five kids amazing. So tell me about yourself as a mother early on in your parenting, kind of what parenting style did you have, and what were kind of your natural tendencies? with your kids.
1: Um I worked full time when I had my first I'd been working for quite a while and then I had him and I was still working full time. So it was kind of weird then because I don't I don't really feel like I was a mother that much. Mm. Only cuz I just really wasn't around. I had um a friend who watched my son full time. And by the time like I got home to pick him up and I got like an hour with him in the evenings. And so I didn't become a stay at home mom until he was two.
0: Hmm.
1: And I feel like it
0: blew my mind. Sure. Okay, so before we move on to that chapter, I think this could speak to a lot of people that maybe wrestle with working outside the home or, or even you know any obligations that are kind of distracting them from the role of motherhood or fulfilling the role in the way they want to or thought they should be doing or things like that. You always wanted to be a mom and you know that mm-hmm. was an exciting thing for you. So to then not feel like you were doing it in that way what was that like for you emotionally and kind of how did you juggle that as you were just making choices that you guys all thought you know this is what we need to do for our family yeah
1: we um I cried a lot
0: okay yeah I
1: did I cried a lot luckily I felt like sometimes my work was pretty lenient um with like at six weeks when I had to go back to work they actually gave me Six more weeks where I could work at home, which was so hard. I do not know how people work full-time from home with children. I think that is truly amazing. But I just, like, relished those, like, hours in the evening, which were few. And then, like, my Saturday-Sunday time with him, I just, like, you know, ate up every moment that I had with him.
0: Mm. Really, yeah. And so in hindsight, now that you've been parenting for so long and and you did become a stay at home mom, is there anything you would tell your younger self about giving yourself permission to feel like a mom, even when you're not in that mother role at home full time? I think that
1: you just have to learn to like, let things go and luckily at that age he was so young and it's not like he remembered me <laughs> not really like being around and kids just are so forgiving anyways you mm-hmm. know like they just as long as they're loved by you they just really don't mind any of the, and they don't care if I'm not able to like give them 100% all the time because as moms that's really hard <laughs> to mm-hmm. do, even if you do stay at home full time.
0: Well, yeah. And and I feel like my kids are not always getting the best of me when I've had so many hours with them and I feel so depleted versus I sometimes think like, if I could just do this a few hours a day, like when my husband comes home and I just look at him with awe that he's like on for the kids and so present <laughs> and so, you know, accommodating and just awesome. I'm thinking gosh, like I want that. But then I remember, oh yeah, I've already been at this for 10 hours and I'm exhausted, right? And so you just, I don't know, we don't accurately see what we're doing and and I don't know, cherishing the time that you do have and realizing when you're 100% on, when you're with them, that is such a gift, even if it is just for a couple hours versus, you know, I don't know, you know, the alternative.
1: Yeah 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 and it's they just I don't know luckily, I just always remind myself that kids are forgiving, you know, like we're learning as we go, we're figuring it out, we have our meltdowns, well, maybe not everybody, but I do mm-hmm. <laughs> have my meltdowns and stuff like that, and my kids will still love me, no matter what, yeah, hopefully,
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely i I totally agree with that, and so. If you're like me and like a lot of moms I talk to, you kind of start out as being like one kind of mom. And then as you see and get to know your kids and get to know yourself, things kind of shake out and you kind of figure out what matters most to your family, what's working for you, what's not working for you and things like that. And so you kind of shared with me ahead of time that over the years, you've really simplified your life. I'd like to hear about that process and kind of how that started and then kind of where it took you to today? I just yeah
1: I think that um, Pinterest is such a big thing and social media Instagram wasn't around thankfully <laughs> for quite a period of the time that I was a mom and I just felt like I was like trying to keep up with the other moms and what they were doing and how they were parenting and how they were making their kids lives so magical and I've just learned, like, that birthdays don't need to be over the top. And holidays, we don't like presents. We just, especially because we have to move so much. And so we don't really like having toys galore and just junk. And so we've just, like, done less. And now we've just, over the years, started doing experiences more and doing For their birthdays, we take them out on a date um, and do whatever they want to do for a few hours and things like that, and I feel like for me as a mom, it's just helped take my stress level down, but it's because I was doing things that just weren't important to me, but I felt like I needed to do them because other moms were doing them, and when I finally realized, no, you just do what works for you, and For me, it was just keeping it simple, especially with all our moves. It just has taken such a weight off of my shoulders doing it that way.
0: Yeah. And think of how many years left you have to live this way. That's what I always think about. Like when you do the hard work of like becoming more self-aware and making the changes in habits or, you know, changing your uh, life to reflect your true values and things like it doesn't happen overnight, but when you make strides towards that kind of living gosh, the freedom that comes from doing that prep work and the gifts that come from it, like it's invaluable (laughs) versus just sticking with what you think you should be doing your whole life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I feel like just having that time with my kids where I'm just more present and less stressed about things just has become so much better for all of us. Yeah. In the house.
0: So I'm curious if your kids used to receive well i don't know i don't know how how much they used to receive like a lot of gifts for holidays or birthdays and things like that and now you're focused more on memory so i'm not sure how stark the contrast would be but like for my kids if if i just said one christmas okay we're only going to do experiences or things like that they'd be like no like where's the presents like that's what we do you know so <laughs> how do we get our kids on board with the shifts we want to make because we know it's for the greater good of our family and reflecting our values in our day-to-day life and things but they don't always get it kids just like want what they want so how do you kind of get them on board
1: I honestly feel like I got lucky with my children in that way where they are children they don't really play with toys and I think because my oldest had gotten toys and You know, like once you have one or two children, the other children just want to do what the older kids are doing. And so we had some old toys that we kept from my oldest and luckily my kids didn't really notice when they started getting less and less and they were okay with it. Like they get a gift from Santa and they get gifts from grandparents and family. And so I feel like with that, they don't they don't really notice. Mm -hmm. I think they get one gift from us, one gift from Santa. And then sometimes if I get around to it, we go to the dollar store and they buy each other gifts. And to them, that's, that's enough, you know? So Mm -hmm. luckily mine just haven't really noticed. Thankfully.
0: So it wasn't so much of a sit down of like, we're overhauling our life. It was just kind of a gradual thing where you kind of made it the new normal.
1: Yes. Yeah. And when they would want to like make their Santa list, we would just remind them like, okay, but you remember you only get a few gifts. Like we wouldn't make a whole sit down, but we would kind of remind them and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. And, Mm. And even my, I mean, my one year old doesn't know what's going on, but my four year old, like he
0: just is like, okay, yeah, this is normal. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And when I hear about kids that aren't into toys and things like that, can you tell me, so what are they doing? What are some ideas that you can give to people that maybe their kids aren't into toys or you're, you are looking to pare down and toys are more limited and you want to create those opportunities for them to to do other things? What what do your kids like to do?
1: Honestly, well, my oldest just wants to be outside. So oftentimes they'll like go and get a group together to play kickball or baseball or they ride their bikes or they do tricks on their scooters or play basketball, like things like that. My daughter, she is into coloring and Barbies. She doesn't have – she has a ton of Barbies from my childhood that my mom saved, but she doesn't play with them a ton, but she colors a ton. Um, And then my younger ones, they just – we have a trampoline, and they just spend a lot of time in the backyard. My four-year-old is – My children are interesting. My four-year-old is heavily into, like, having a shovel and a bucket, and he will just sit in the dirt. There's a dirt area in our backyard, and he will just sit there and dig (laughs) for hours, just totally content and take, like, a car or two out there, and he'll just sit out there and entertain himself. And so um, we have toys, but we have, like, they all have a small box that kind of fits under their bed. And if it gets too full, they have to, like, decide what they want to get rid of. And usually they have no problem because they realize what they don't play with very much anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they have Legos. They have some things like that. But they honestly don't play with them that
0: often. They're
1: all very much like they prefer to be outside, Yeah. So you you live in California,
0: we can do that. Right. But you also live somewhere that's very hot. And so my kids already are like complaining it's too hot. You know, if I say go play at two in the afternoon when it is kind of like the heat of the day, and they complain it's too hot. And I'm like, suck it up, Buttercup. You're a kid. Go outside. Here's some ice water, you know? And that's my tendency. But like, I kind of don't want to be out there either. So, like, is it it wrong that I'm, like, forcing that on them when I don't even – it's not even comfortable for me? So, what do you
1: think? I don't know. I don't think so because I'm like, I did that as a child. It's your turn,
0: you know? (laughs) Yeah, I could be better, though, about setting up, like, rounding up the kids for a kickball game and telling the parents, like, we'll be at this park and I'll, you know, watch them playing kickball. Because I think sometimes they feel limited by just their brothers at home, you know, and it's kind of like – if they don't all want to do the same thing, it is kind of hard to like stay entertained sometimes. That might be a common thing that the listeners might feel as well. So, um, you know, I would love if a mom texted me and said, hey, we're going to the park to play kickball. You can stay or you can drop your kids and I'll watch them for the next hour and a half. I would love that. Right. Could you be that mom? Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah,
1: that. and the thing is, I feel like in our area we actually have a lot of moms who are that way. Thankfully, who Great. prefer to have their kids outside rather than playing video games. Because I'm pretty anti-video games.
0: Oh, don't get and me so, started. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, um, I really just like shove them outside, or they know what houses to go to to like get kids to go play. I'm. I let my, even my four-year-old out, like, to go to friends' houses. I mean, we all live very close. But, yeah, I'm grateful that we do have a lot of moms who feel the same way and who really want their kids to be outside instead. And we have a community pool, so we go there a lot now that it's getting
0: hot. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'm going to come on over and join your neighborhood party. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. that's awesome so as a military spouse you've moved a lot you've had a lot of experiences where all have you lived
1: um we started out so we did dental school in louisville kentucky and we loved that and then after there we went to paris island south carolina and that was amazing we were there for a year and then we were in okinawa japan for two years and then my husband's currently stationed at camp pendleton here okay. in San Diego, or okay. Oceanside, I should say.
0: Yeah, that is so awesome. And I've talked a lot about moving and adjusting and helping kids adjust and things like that. What have you learned through all these moves and transitions about transitioning well and helping your kids to do that as well?
1: Um, I The thing that I've learned about military families is everybody is so... Loving and caring, and like really treats you like family. And so, you move somewhere, and everybody, like everybody in my husband's command, tons of you know, like tons of people all move at the same time. So, we're all new together, and you kind of just band together. And I think, at least, my kids they've actually done very well-moving and just making friends with whoever. And I think they've just had – because they've had to get used to it so often Mm -hmm. that they've actually adapted pretty well. I think they're always nervous, but as long as I I put on a brave face and act like I'm super excited and I'm showing them that I'm going out there and meeting people, then they're doing the same thing. Yeah, And so I think – Me setting the example, even though I'm terrified to have to, like, go introduce myself to new people and try to make friends for my kids' sake, you know, like, it shows them that, oh, yeah, she can do it. I can do it, you know.
0: Yeah, I heard the most fantastic quote from Georgia Anderson of Know How Mom Tips, and she said, your kids will do just about as well as you do. When it comes to Mm -hmm. like overcoming challenges and things, she was talking specifically about going through a divorce, but, um, it could apply to so many different things. Your kids can do just about as well as you do when you're modeling positivity and excitement over the new opportunities and things like that. And I had one move in particular where I was very, uh, resentful, shall we say, (laughs) like, I just didn't, (laughs) I didn't want to give up my old life. That was great and i think that's fine to feel that way but hanging on to the resentment feelings did not serve me it did not serve my family it didn't it just wasn't working for us and so finally when i flipped the switch of like oh i can choose to be happy and i can choose how i think and feel about all of these you know new experiences everything changed for me. And thankfully my kids were little enough that they weren't, you know, super impacted by those emotions that I was having. But if I had acted that way for this last move, oh man, yeah, they for sure would have been just as resentful as I was. And there's a big wide world. So tell me, I mean, everyone that has lived in Japan as a military family has absolutely loved it. And did you say that you knew um, Rachel Beakley? Yes, I was her sponsor when she
1: moved out, so we like picked them up from the airport, and we got them to their hotel, and my husband took him around, because they're both Navy dentists together. That's amazing. And man, she's a rock star with her five.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm going to link to her episode, so she is a mom of the Quads, right? quads. Yeah. So they have quads and then another um, child as well. And so she's amazing. And that episode just was so awesome. Um, Really fascinating story. So I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But I mean, there's just nothing like the military community, especially abroad, I've heard where you're just really depending upon one another. And you don't even have the opportunity to stay in your shell because there's no family as a buffer. You are likely very far from anything that's familiar. And so everyone is just there for each other. And I think that's a really, really special thing to be a part of.
1: Yeah, it. I loved it so much. If we could go back there, we would go back there in a heartbeat. Um, it truly was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And it was amazing because we we didn't have the opportunity to have our family. Like everybody kind of had family that would come visit and some people would go home for summers, but most of us just stayed put. Um, And so we did our holidays together. We celebrated birthday. Like we just, and we all lived together and our kids all just, there's no, um, well there in Okinawa, you don't have fences or anything. And so kids just like, ran from house to house, um, all day long. And so it was really like a village raising these children. Cause we kind of all just raised each other's children together. And it was, it was really magical.
0: That is so awesome. And, of course, for all the wonderful things that come from being a part of the military, there's also a lot of challenges, including deployments. And my husband was never deployed. He was gone for training for five months. So I have the feel of that without the, you know, element of danger or anything like that. And he was a lawyer, so not so much anyways. But tell me about how the deployments have been for you and – I'm sure you have heard a lot. I could never do that. That's so annoying. I hate that. So you can do anything that you're asked to do in life. You really can't and you don't know what you're capable of. And sure, you may not be like, oh, that sounds awesome. I would love to do that. That's like, that's basically what they're saying. (laughs) But no one's actually coming out and saying that. So how do you kind of address that question? And how did you get through solo parenting for all those months? Um, And what was it like? So my husband
1: was on a ship for seven months last year, and we did not, um, we don't live on the base currently, Um, but I have, my mom and dad live only an hour away, and so my mom came out once a week just to help me and give me kind of a break, um, and help me get kids to sports or not do church by myself. Cause that was horrendous. I, my baby was three months old at the time. Oh my gosh. Uh, when he left and then my mother-in-law lives in Arizona. And so she would come out once a month, maybe, um, to help. But I just, luckily I had a lot of friends around me who really just rallied, around me and helped me out when things would get tough. I had a babysitter on speed dial because it's hard. I, for people who are single parents all the time, like I just hats off to them because it is really hard. And I feel like my kids, um, like there were just things that you just, for me, I needed a father or a husband, but it was, an amazing experience. I will say though, that, uh, doing that, like I realized I could do anything like we had things that would break or car issues, you know, everything, everybody says that it's always horrible things that happen when your husband is deployed. And it was so true. We had so much that happened while he was gone and I figured it all out on my own without, you know, his help and I just felt like such a rock star. I feel like my <laughs> self-esteem after that and my confidence just went up so much that I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually do really anything that I need to. Like, I don't need to have him help me. I, I like to because it makes my life easier. But it was just amazing for me to realize that I can do a lot and figure out a lot by
0: myself. I love that. And I love that you're owning how much that impacted your confidence and your ability to really feel validated in what you're capable of. Um, That's like the point of this whole podcast is I don't have perfect people on this podcast. I have extraordinary people who we all are among a category of extraordinary people because we are capable of such great things and really challenges on earth are the extraordinary within us. And we may never be given the opportunity when life is easy breezy to really kind of peel off the layers of what we're capable of and develop new skill sets and have new attributes come to the surface that we can really say, hey, I did this. And so I think that's what's beautiful about challenging circumstances like deployments or, you know, for other people listening, other things that that's why most people are grateful for the challenges that they go through in life. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And I fully 100% agree with you when people say, oh my gosh, I could never do that. I always say you actually could do anything because it's not like we, when bad things happen to us or we, I don't know, like when things happen to us or we're put in these experiences, none of us have been like, yes, please. I want that. Thank you for giving me that trial in life. We were given it for a reason, and clearly it's to teach us that you can really do anything. If you're put in that position and it's hard, like, you're going to figure it out because you have to. You can't just curl up in a ball and just yeah. hide under the covers for however long. You have to deal with these hard and difficult situations.
0: Yeah, And that just made me think, what if when that thought of, wow, I could never do that. Because that thought is a natural thought. So we're not like condemning the thought that people have. um, But what if we, that was a trigger for, so how could I help them? And then you actually did something about it. So instead of just like commiserating, you know, with them, you know, in your own way or whatever, say, wow, I could never do that. You know, it must be so hard to make dinner, you know, when you're all on your own after a long day of parenting. So bring them dinner. You know, And so to yes. say it that way, wow, I admire you doing this all on your own right now. Let me bring you dinner. When my husband was gone for five months, there was a wonderful, wonderful friend that I was only like a little bit friends with at the time who just said, come over every Wednesday for dinner. Bring your kids, bring yourself, bring nothing else. Come over for dinner and I'll just make extra. And we did that for five months. And we became the best of friends. And we still are to this day. And it's just because she saw something that might be in need or something that w- was legitimately making my life more challenging at the time. And she just made it such a pleasure and it bonded yeah. us. So what can you offer somebody else who is in a circumstance where, yeah, things are more challenging, but how can you lighten their load? Think about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. It's very true. Yeah.
1: And we had, I had friends like that who were like, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm sure some of them probably did. I don't know how you're doing it, but let me help you with this. And I just like, I've just constantly felt like in that situation that I was just like blessed left and right for my husband doing this for our country, for helping other countries. I just felt um, like I was amazed by people's willingness to serve and help me. And I'm not a person at all who likes to ever ask for help or be a needy person. That's just not my personality. Mm -hmm. And so to have people who see a need and fill a need, like those people are just the most amazing.
0: Yes. Oh, I could not agree more. And what a blessing that is because... I Yeah, I get the feeling you're kind of like me. Like we're usually the server <laughs> or the servant. And it is harder to receive when you're kind of always in that mode of wanting to meet the needs of others. Because, you know, generally we, you know, we, we, we can't offer things to people, right? Or we can't show up for people. But to create the opportunity for other people then to serve is an equal blessing as well. And you need both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Well, I just really as a fellow military wife, as somebody that really understands, and just as American in general, I love honoring a military family on my 4th of July episode um, because when one person's in the military, the whole family's in the military. Every one of your family members have been asked to move across country, across the world, multiple times, um, sacrificing so, so much, probably more than people actually realize, and I think it's just really important to to take take a day and and honor people who who are serving like you, like your husband, like your kids. And one of the things that I think will always be most special to my family is that my kids have gotten a front row seat to this kind of patriotism that I hope they'll carry with them their whole life because when they say, "Well, any military people please stand," seeing that i mean it's always brought tears to my eyes but even more so now being a part of this community so i'm just really grateful for your family and for your willingness to share on the show thank you this is i don't think
1: fun. people realize like how much people who serve in the military sorry this will totally make me cry yeah. but um how much they give up like i just watched when we were in paris island we had um, that's where the recruits come. So they've just left their home for the first time. Um, they're getting screened at and working out 24 seven and doing all these crazy things and they're homesick. They're tired. Um, but they're doing it because of their love for their country. And I remember sometimes we'd stop at my husband's office, and there was like this sand pit right behind his office and there'd be a kid in the sand pit and he would, you could tell he just wanted to give up and he's holding his pushups for however long and, um, people are yelling at him and my kids would ask like, what's going on? And I'm like, well, they're training, like they are going to have to do hard things in the military and they're going to have to be deployed and. So watching them go from there and then when their families get to come pick them up and like how, um, sorry, how amazed their families are, like getting to watch these people reunite after um, however many months it's been and watching and over the years, watching my friend's husbands come home from deployment or my friend's wives come home from deployment and just truly how amazing it is and to hear the things that people have to give up for this and like the the things that you just have to do to be able to be a part of this it's just truly been like such an amazing experience mm-hmm. and I'm so grateful for that and I'm grateful that my kids too have also like you said that they've been able to be a part of it that they've been able to see it firsthand and that they it makes them I feel like more proud and more patriotic to those around them
0: yeah thank you so much for saying that That is so, so true. And it is a little bit easier, I think, when you are a part of a family doing this together because then you have your little unit that's going, you know, to all these new places, and at least you have each other and that sense of familiarity. But these kids, 18 years old, 19 years old, that are leaving home for the first time a lot of times, that are away from family, that are literally going through excruciating physical, mental stress – Oh, it just really does break your heart, and but also you're like, think of what you're becoming, because there is beauty in the breakdown that leads you to such amazing accomplishments. So thanks for thanks for saying that. I think that's a really important aspect to remember as well. Well, Erin, I always ask my guests one final question, and it's based on the mission of this podcast. Like I said before, I don't have perfect people on the podcast, but I want people to acknowledge extraordinary aspects of themselves that really allow them to contribute to their families, to the world, and take a lot of pride in themselves for who they are. And when you can own the extraordinary aspects of yourself, you can do so much more with it. Aside from just like doing your day-to-day and being like, oh yeah, that's just how I do things. That's just who I am or whatever. But to really acknowledge our worth, I think, changes lives. And we can model that for our kids, like we were saying, that will change their lives and help them to do the same. So Erin, I want to know from you, what makes you extraordinary?
1: Um, it's funny. When I listen to your podcast, I I'm like so amazed by all the moms who have been on here. And I think just my ability to be present in my kids' lives. I feel like I'm a mom who tries to be outside playing with her kids, who like makes an effort every day to make sure I'm um, getting that time and giving something to them. And I feel like that's what makes me special is I, <laughs> that I'm like, out there playing with them, being a part of their lives, hopefully making forever memories with them that they'll look back and be like, Hey, that's great that my mom was played baseball with me because really we only play sports at this house like all day every day, <laughs> and I just think that's I feel like that's what makes me a great mom is trying to do that with my kids.
0: I love that so so much, Erin. And it would just be as easy for you to do, to go outside and play with your kids every day and be like, well, that's just what moms do. Like, that's just that's just what we're supposed to do, and so. Like, that doesn't make me any, like, different or special or anything. But that's not true. That is a very hard thing for me to do personally. It's not something that comes naturally um, to me, and it's something I have to make more of an effort towards. So to have that be an aspect of your life that does come more naturally and that is a commitment that you've made as well to want to do that and to show up and to actually be doing it, that truly is extraordinary. And so what a great, great answer. Thanks for sharing that. Well, Erin, okay, I do want to meet in person in real life. We're going to set this up, um, but I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank your husband for his military service, and thank you to your whole family. Happy Fourth of July! And I'm just excited to follow along with your family's adventures. Who know? Who knows what's next for you guys? I
1: know (laughs) the beauty of the military. For having me, (laughs) it's
0: my pleasure. Have a great day. I hope this episode for you shed a little light on what it's like to be a part of the military, what those international moves are like and what it's like to move around constantly. I loved what she said about the young people in the military doing this on their own, enduring such hard physical, mental tasks and doing it away from the people that they love and their support system and they just keep going. and it's just such a testament to the strength and character of our military and this great nation. So I'm really proud to be a part of um, the military community. Thank you so much to Aaron for sharing your story today and for your family's service. I'm just so excited to follow along with What's next for your family. She also has a bow business that she does on Etsy. And I'm going to link to that over in the show notes as well at extraordinarymomspodcast.com. And I'll also include a picture of her and her sweet family right after her husband came home from deployment. It's the sweetest picture. And oh my gosh, if you've ever seen any deployment homecoming videos, you know, that'll get you every time. Oh, the waterworks just start. But I wanted to thank her for coming on and thank everybody who might be listening associated with the military. My utmost respect and gratitude. I hope that as you are enjoying your freedom this week, as you are celebrating the birth of our nation, that you will take some time to recognize the military people in your lives, to give them a text to, you know, if you see someone in uniform passing you in the grocery store, just say, hey, thank you so much for your service. And go out of your way to recognize them because... There is a lot associated with the sacrifices of being part of the military. It is not an easy job to sign up for. And when somebody answers the call in that way, they deserve a lot of respect. And um, yeah, so anyways. And did you know Cafe Rio gives really significant discounts to military families? They do. So thank you, Cafe Rio, (laughs) sponsor of this show. Just kidding. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDalkwas3 or I'm over on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. Happy 4th and we'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.